ACAST Plus makes it easy to turn loyal listeners into paying fans. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned podcaster, subscriptions and one-time payments can make a real difference to your income and listener engagement. With customizable subscription plans, you can include ad-free streams, early access, and bonus content. And with one-time payments, you can offer limited series or one-off episodes, all available across multiple podcast apps. You decide the best option for your listeners. To find out more, visit acast.com slash acast plus. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome to another episode of Allegedly Bravo, the Bravo true crime podcast. I'm Lauren, and this is Cash. Cash. Hello. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the the documentary that is sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about The Housewife and the Hustler. We all, as we all know, it's the wonderful documentary on one Thomas Girardi and his wife, Erica Jane Girardi. And so much went down. I feel like I learned so much about this case, like from this little hour documentary that I did not know. I didn't know was part of it. So I totally agree. But before we get started into the, the meat and potatoes of the documentary, can we just talk about the title because the title is what made me extremely skeptical of this the documentary I was like oh this is gonna be lame yeah lame lifetime movie documentary yeah where it's really you know how they do those silly like Megan and Harry documentaries about the baby yes and you're like who even knows any of this like you guys have never even seen a royal baby I agree and I actually was having a conversation on Instagram with um uh bravo baddie mm-hmm. and she was saying that she almost wasn't even gonna watch it because uh they thought that the image of like the promo image was so lame and stupid yeah. and gotta say agreed uh, absolutely i agree with that a hundred percent and i don't i oh go ahead well i was just gonna tell you i mean if you were going into it hesitant based just solely on the title and the um the imagery that they used and then you watch just the first three minutes you would have been you would have shut it off well the title and the imagery is just a lot to handle and then (laughs) okay hold on I have to cough like I, I really wonder how many people just saw the photograph on the cover when saw, saw the title and then saw those heels clicking down that hallway and then Danielle stops sit her bony little ass on that lounge chair when it when that scene first opened and it was that white chair in that <laughs> white floor hallway sterile like a doctor's office and I could hear the legs coming down the hallway and I go oh my god who are we about to see and I'm like ready for you know, maybe an old employee, a disgruntled employee, a formal law clerk, like, you know, someone with some real boots on the ground. And when it was Danielle, I, I, I'm not kidding you. A shiver went down my spine (sighs) with her three tone hair extensions. 
Okay. So I want to start with the fact that Danielle Stobbs are redhead now. Okay, well, half. <laughs> Danielle Stobbs, half a redhead. One third. <laughs> Danielle Stobbs has the top crown She's... of her head dyed red. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, and then they like zoomed in on her shoes. I was like, why are we looking at these shoes? Well, and then she, ha- she got those fake veneers like everybody else. Yeah. And her eye was wonky. Was that just me? I I was really disappointed that they that they included her in the documentary and same with um Dana oh I know I know why do I want to call her Pam everyone wants to call her Pam and so and with Pam being on there she was a little bit better because she really wasn't a starring didn't have a starring role in the housewives she was a friend of Mm -hmm. And I guess she has a podcast so it made more sense that she was a part of it in my mind because she has some I guess she's like she's spoken journal- about it before no but is she like a journalist because she's a podcaster <laughs> yes <laughs> but when Danielle Staub was sitting there and her first like the first two sentences out of her mouth were like I don't really know Erica Jane but you know I appeared on watch what happens live with her one or two times <laughs> and like I didn't get a good vibe from her then like, right no. it's like shut up Danielle like okay <laughs> what like, since when are you somebody who can judge the character of somebody else and like you being a good, you're not a good judge of character, Daniel. Well, and it's like, I just know, like if my grandfather sat down and watched this documentary and that's how he, how it opened. Cause this was on normal TV for just regular people to watch, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> like people who know who Tom Girardi is and like heard about all these really terrible cases. Like they're going to be very interested in this. And this is huge for people who aren't just, us bravo fangirls too and the fact that they decided to open up this documentary with danielle staub and her ratted shoes i i died yeah i think if they cut danielle staub out of it it would have been five out of five i feel like the reason that they included danielle in it is because they needed the sentence of her saying that danielle and erica worked at the same strip club uh, yeah, but they could have done away with Daniel Staub and simply used the clip of Erica Jane saying that she worked at that strip club when they went to New York last Shakers. year. Shakers. I know. Yeah. I know. It was just silly to me. And it, it was a random appearance. It really was. But I, I no, wait, know, wait, I wait. liked it. <laughs> My favorite quote from her was when she said that Erica Jane was like the best casting decision next to herself. Oh my God. It's a classic Danielle. It's a classic Danielle move. Danielle, you were on two and a half seasons. Like you were on two and a half seasons. Right. And my mom, I was watching it with my mom and she doesn't watch Jersey. Cause I don't know. We just didn't. And, um, she goes, who's that lady? And I was like, Oh, prostitution whore engaged 19 times. And my mom's like, Oh, like that's how even people who don't watch the show know her. Yeah. Well, I think I haven't they, even been engaged once. I don't think that's very fair. So that means she was probably engaged at least twice a year as an adult. Right? I honestly that is so exhausting. I I, I, we I guess look into once, that. Yeah, or I guess she could have been engaged once a year, but that is that's wild. You're just bouncing from relationship to a re- relationship. But you know what? That's a whole other podcast is Daniel right. Stop Deep Dive. 
And we're getting there. I just am halfway through the book. And how dare I call her Danielle Staub when her real name is Beverly. I can't believe her real name is Beverly, by the way. That is the lamest name. Can you imagine, no offense to any Beverly's, but can you imagine like you get to pick a new name, your name's Beverly, and like you get to go out into the world and form a new persona and you choose the persona Danielle Staub? I know. I feel like I would go with like, Delta Skylark or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like she probably just stole the identity of somebody she was absolutely obsessed with. Totally. That is (laughs) such a Danielle move. Yeah. I just see her being best friends with the Danielle Staub and then she probably, you know, dumped her body somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Skinned her and wore her like last year's Versace. I mean, that's what her face and skin do look like. That of a corpse of somebody else. Okay. So speaking of, um, the next talking head that we got was Pam and her new face. Wait, is her name Pam? Because I wrote Pam. <laughs> What's her name? Okay, did I call her Pam? Because you called Dana, but did I call her Pam because you called her Pam earlier? Like, what I, is this? I don't know. <laughs> that I is have so, in my notes Pam. That is I, hilarious. My note says bullet point Pam 25,000 and her new face. <laughs> okay I mean she looked great but her bra was too small okay that's very interesting that you could even notice that because all I could notice was the funny way she was sitting with her hands she had them in such a weird position they were like this the whole time like sticking straight up like not cross nothing it was very odd but wait that's a really good that's I, I always think about like whenever the women are doing the reunions or somebody's in a talking head or in a confessional and they do like a full body shot of them, just like mm-hmm. Dana and how she was sitting. Yeah. I actually start sweating and get anxiety for the, them because just knowing how uncomfortable they must be sitting with their legs crossed, oh. perfect posture with their hands like that, trying to suck in. Um, I, I would not be able to do it because like, I don't necessarily sit. I kind of lay. Yeah. I, I lay backwards. Like if everything, like all of my chairs are in a reclined position. Right. Like I'm settled into my seat. So like if I'm sitting on a couch and that's a reason why I really kind of like the way they've done it with COVID where every girl gets her own chair because watching it like that, but then watching the old reunions, like, and seeing them all scrounged together on the couch, I'm like, God, I like it better when they're by themselves. Cause it gives me less to focus on. Well, and you don't feel, I get, I get so much anxiety watching them sitting so close together. And then there's four mm-hmm. of them on the couch and then they make them scoot over to bring in like Marlo. Right. And it's like, nobody sits like that. Nobody sits like that. It's so awkward. You could probably smell the girl's armpits next to you. Oh, can you imagine? Because you know that every single one of those women has their own signature scent and you just know that they're not two spritz gals. No, that's like a seven spritz Sally. That lady's going armpit, armpit, neck, hair, coochie, back of the knees, like all of it. Yeah. Could you imagine sitting next to Karen Huber with her LaDom fragrance? No, they don't spray, stay. What's that saying? Like spray, stay, stay, walk away. away. They're not doing that. Like you said, they're lathering their bodies in it. They're lathering it. 
Um, yeah. So Pam and her new face, um, or Dana and her new face, depending on whoever's talking, I guess that was a wild experience. I enjoyed it. And I, she was like pretty steadily throughout the whole thing, like being the voice telling us about Erica Jane. And I found that funny because I think she must've just read Erica's book. I, how did she, cause they weren't even on the season together. No, I think they have obviously mutual friends. And then she, when she was talking about kind of like the whispers in Beverly Hills and how she couldn't divulge certain information, mm-hmm. I, I thought it's like, come on, you're on a, or you're on a documentary. You're there to spill the tea. Like, so I feel like had they just had her narrate it, it would have been really good. Cause I felt like she had a really good voice. I agree. And I like her voice and I kind of like her new getup. Like her, it, it was startling to see because I couldn't recognize her for some reason. Um, I wish she would be brunette. Other than that, it was very nice to see her. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16 year old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Yeah, and I I missed her. I just don't think that her presence was needed because she didn't really add anything. Okay, so if we get rid of Dana Pam and we get rid of Danielle. Five out of five. And then who would be the narrators? No one? Like who would... You could have, you could have Pam Dana narrate, but just not have like a gossip girl moment. Yeah. It's just her voice. Oh, that'd be interesting. It's like a wildlife documentary on discovery. Oh, love those. You know? Um, so one thing that I didn't know was that Tom Girardi was called LA law. Like people knew him as LA law and Mm -hmm. like, um, cringe. I just hope to God that I don't end up with a weird ass loser ass nickname like LA law. Please call me law Beasy. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> That's a really cute name. Thanks. Yeah. But I not mean, LA he... law. Oh, <laughs> you know, and like being known for all that embezzlement, like being known as LA law and then knowing what we know is insane. Well, let's talk about the reason why he was known as LA law. And it's, I knew Tom Girardi to be a huge big time plaintiff's attorney. And, mm-hmm. and you knew that as well. And I think majority of the people in the legal community knew who Tom Girardi was because of Aaron Brockovich. And then also mm-hmm. seeing Erica Jane come to the forefront of Beverly Hills. If you were involved in the legal community, you're fascinated by her husband. And I did a deep dive into his firm and I even looked to apply to his firm at one time. Ooh, imagine. Thank God yeah. you didn't. Wow. Bullet dodged. And I mean, he's one of the, I mean, he is, was the top plaintiff's attorney. And so he's handling massive torts, class actions, and um, like the explosion. Wrongful the San, death. Yeah. The San Bruno explosion, wrongful deaths. Like 
he's the go-to guy. And I mean, when you're starting to win $500 million settlements, like you become LA law. Right. Because, um, when, when, so it, so according to however the clients were talking on this documentary, mm-hmm. it seemed to me without looking at any retainer agreement and just seeing this documentary, it feels as though Tom Girardi, much like other plaintiff's attorneys don't have like a straight up retainer. It's more like an agreement of like, once we win or once we settle, I'm going to have 7% of all of the money from the settlement. Yeah. So how plaintiff's attorneys work, they work on a contingency basis. And so there are two ways to, to enter into an agreement with somebody with in the legal field. You can have a straight retainer agreement. Well, I guess there's multiple ways. You have flat fee retainer agreement, or you can have a contingency agreement. And generally that's how plaintiff's firms operate because what they do is they say, Hey, I'm going to handle this matter. Once we settle, I'm going to take 30%. Mm-hmm. And I think the average is like 17 to 17% maybe. But Which then is he, a lot on a like a $333 million settlement. I mean, yeah, it's, it's huge. And you have to think he's, he's handling hundreds, if not thousands of these cases within the state of California. And then he's ha- handling matters as well nationally and internationally. Mm-hmm. Right. With the Indonesia plane crash. Yeah. And so he's, he's agreeing, he's telling these people, Hey, look, once I get a settlement, I'm going to then put the money into the trust account. That money then is going to be transferred to you. Which is why that one guy, the older gentleman in the chair, which just describes literally almost everybody else um, said, well, I can't, how is he broke? He has, you just need one settlement and you're set for life. So that's another reason why this is so crazy because it's like, he should never have even been in a situation anywhere remotely like this. Yeah. I'm really interested to know where all of his money went. Me too. I can't wait. I cannot wait for discovery and to see all that. Well, and you guys, we're going to be bringing more deep dives into this whole Erica Jane, Tom Girardi drama on a weekly basis, probably for the next four weeks. So we're going to break it down where we're going to go through the conservatorship, the state bar complaints. We'll go through the fraud claims, the dissolution, the the divorce, dissolution of marriage. We'll go into the cases of each victim because I'm really fascinated by, um, was it Joe Rio Gomez? Mm -hmm. His story is really interesting. The Indonesia plane crash story is really interesting. Even the one woman who was suffering from incontinence who her, which I don't want to say this because I don't, her, her settlement was really small compared to other victims. That's why it's like, how was, because she had to have multiple surgeries and like, there's no way. That's why I really am interested in that because there's no way that she settled for only $135,000 when one surgery is probably that. Oh, well, let me tell you. So in the medical malpractice world, there's a cap on damages in the state of California. Right. And What's the uh, name to, of that? To Micra. Mm. Micra is the the law that governs medical malpractice, and there's like, I think it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cap. See, I would be like, I'll settle for two hundred. I don't know, whatever. I'm not even going to get but, into that yet. So, so the point of my story is like, I really, 
so think about how he's treating this Joe Rio Gomez, who is probably, I'm assuming his award. They said they made reference to 12 million at some point, but I wouldn't have, I think it was probably somewhere near 20 because I'm assuming they got a pay a cash payout in the beginning. And then, because he said that he got money in the beginning and then he was going to do payments. Right. For some reason, I felt like it was $120 million. I don't know why. Holy fuck. I don't know why. Oh, that's just well, how I feel. But my point is, it's like if Tom Girardi is not going to treat his clients who are bringing in mega money like that, how do you right. think he's going to treat his incontinence clients who are only bringing in $130,000? Exactly. And okay. Tom's, that's Tom's making like 13 G's off that. Right. Which is nothing, especially when it's means nothing to you because it's not even your money. So I have a question. What do you think the most powerful moment of the documentary was for you? Okay. That is a very, very, okay. I'll actually tell you. I, it was when the one guy was talking about when they were at the party Mm -hmm. and, um, Tom saw the prominent judge and pointed his finger at him and beckoned him over with a finger wag. And the judge came up to him. I literally like my blood went kind of cold. I've never heard of such a thing to ever approach a judge with a finger point makes my stomach feel like it's going to diarrhea everywhere. Yeah, I'm scared. And I've never practiced in front of a judge. <laughs> How eerie was that clip when they cut to Governor Newsom on Watch <gasps> What Happens Live? My jaw hit the floor. Yeah, for people the, for people that are listening that are not from the state of California, Gavin Newsom is... He's in a weird hot seat. Where he's in a, he's he's in in a, hot a weird seat. hot seat. Um, no, he's up for recall. <laughs> right. There's just a lot going on with Gavner and just to see that gigantic white grin was, uh, I wasn't ready for it. A lot of shocks happened. For instance, the first time being shocked with Danielle, being shocked with Pam, being shocked with the transition music being played by Boy George. George. I mean, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. Um, and then literally I'm sitting there, karma chameleon, karma chameleon. All I can think of is welcome to Dorit's Buddha lounge. Remember when they gave Dorit the Buddha lounge for her birthday and then boy George sang, I was just like, oh my God, Erica was there because remember she wore the Moschino dress. Yeah. And she's like, it's right off the runway, runway. baby. And it's like, okay, cool. So did that come from the vaginal mesh lady? <laughs> did she pay for that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Bladder sling. Right. Bladder sling. Like, wow, Ugh. that dress looks great on you, Erica. Such How much bladder monster. sling money well, did you spend on that? I will tell you the most powerful moment for me in the documentary was when they started playing multiple voicemails from Tom. Oh, oh my God. Uh, sorry if you can hear the road outside. Can you hear it? My no. window's open. Yeah. Sorry, sorry if you can hear me gulping down Truly's. I'm on my fourth. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like 100 degrees, you guys. Okay, so yes, what you just said. 
just crazy because you, you know what? And can you repeat this is, what you just said? Actually? Yeah. The voicemails were the most oh, powerful part. Yes. Exactly. So, so the reason why I said Danielle Staub and Pam Dana cheapened it was because you had this incredible story of these two women who are childhood best friends coming together and really exposing the bullshit and corruption of Tom Girardi. And it was just, I thought it was so powerful because both of these women suffered extraordinary loss. I know the, um, they were Kim and Kathy, I think. I can't remember who was who, but mm-hmm. Rio Gomez, the San Bruno explosion. Like, Let's call her Kim. I think that was Kim. It was just so wonderful listening to him talk. And they're like, if anyone can figure out something, it's a mom. I you know? agree with you. And knowing that they've been BFF for 48 years and then they were pregnant together. And then both of those sons were impacted in such like terrible ways. And then this attorney fucked over both of them. Uh Um, The fact that they have been best friends for 48 years. I was like, that is soulmates. Like if you don't believe in soulmates, watch this documentary. How cute was their blood oath? Oh my God. So cute. They were telling the exact date and time. And it's just like, I remember doing that with pistachio shells. Did you do that? What? I got sent to the principal's office for it. We would take pistachio shells. Like somebody would have it for snack or whatever. And we'd save the shell. You'd rub it on the asphalt really hard and it would get super hot Uh because you were making friction and then you'd burn each other's hands in like a certain spot. It's like totally like not okay. <laughs> Self-mutilation for children. <laughs> yeah. But we were like, oh, it's, you know, that's how we know that we're like sisters. We're like sisterhood of the traveling yeah. fans. Exactly. But um, burn pistachio shell edition. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I got sent to the principal's office and I was like, I don't understand how this is bad. We've just created a pact here. <laughs> and then you started the 2004 wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we rebuilt our city. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. So we were talking about the two best friends and them being soulmates. And I just totally agree that I, I can't. I can't get over the soulmate part. So my friend reached out to me and said, if your friend was going or hired an attorney to try to settle this, a case involving your burned son, and you can see that he's not handling the case proper properly, there's some ethical violations. Would you then go to that attorney and have him represent your son's wrongful death case? And I said, obviously, no. But the thing is, I don't necessarily believe her story when she said she was going to different law firms and trying to shop around to have somebody hire or to hire for the wrongful death case. And they were turning her away because of Tom Girardi. Uh I don't feel like why, why would that's interesting? Why would they know? The only way they would know is if you told them, yeah, I work for Tom Girardi. And don't get me wrong. I know you have to uh, fill out a client intake sheet whenever Mm -hmm. you go to a law firm, but you don't have to put that you work for Tom Girardi. That's a good point. Maybe they know that she works with him because they've seen her around or something. Oh, give me a break. She's a legal consultant. Um, The other thing that I was going to say is like, when, when I worked in family law and we would have client intakes and stuff, 
there were, I couldn't even tell you, there were always people who were just meeting with different attorneys to disqualify, you know? And so I think it's like kind of a game to some people. I I don't know why they would do it. I just think, but that doesn't make sense from her perspective because she's not out to throw anyone under the bus or attack somebody and be vengeful. She's doing it to try to settle her son's wrongful death case. Right. Well, she also said that um, she also stayed there because she didn't want to start drama and with Tom in case one the Kim or Kathy needed to like file anything or ask for more money from Tom and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to keep it sort of like congenial. Well, I, think she I, I don't know. I think she was definitely trying to keep it civil, but I just, I don't understand that part of her story where she was saying she was being turned away by mega attorneys yeah. in. I would like an unless, elaboration. Unless they said, why are you coming to me? Why aren't you going to Girardi Keys? They probably did. I would say, why wouldn't you go to Girardi Keys? But I feel like. We but then have- I would just be like, cause I work there and I don't want everyone at work knowing yeah. my business very strange and to hear tom girardi come up with that and fabricate a story as to why that young guy was not getting his money oh my god so diabolical um that was that was so insane it's really really sad he just totally dragged a judge into it who's supposed to be like Judges are supposed to be the most impartial, like highest level level of ethics leaders in the legal community. And to I would be like, that's kind of defamatory. Yeah, I, I want to know what that judge thinks about him, his name kind of being dragged and associated with Tom Girardi. And in I, the, this way, like now we all know. One of my one of my favorite quotes though, was from the, the civil, the, I think he was also a plaintiff's attorney. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, our job as attorneys is to represent victims and people who have been wronged, people who don't have the resources or the ability to go after these big corporations, you know, to make them whole and make them right again. And, and he's like, that's who you are as a plaintiff's attorney. Mm -hmm. And that Tom Girardi has turned into the bad guy and has turned into these corporations that we try to fight on a regular daily Mm -hmm. basis. Yeah. He's absolutely no better. And in fact, in my opinion, a bit worse. Yeah. He's a, I, I did the, the voicemails were so telling of who he is as a person, just the, don't be mad at me. You know, I I, I swear I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'm on your side. The other one that creeped me out was when he was talking about the Justice Pinelli and he's telling him why the judge allegedly fakely won't give the kid more money, who's, by the way, not a kid and is, in fact, a grown man and um, who needs money for surgery. And this is his money. He he's talking about the judge and he goes, you know, Justice Pinelli, your case just really touched his heart. He's such a wonderful, sweet man. And he's so protective over you. I was like, ill, 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 ill. That is so gross and weird to talk about a judge like that. And if a judge ever was like that, you would be, the whole order would be turned over because that's a, not an impartial magistrate. 
Acast is the home of podcasting. No matter if you're brand new to podcasting or a seasoned pro, we've got the best tools to create, grow, and make money from your show. Unlock your podcast's full potential with Acast. Join for free at acast.com. Straight. Well, he was a private judge, just to point that out. Right. So who knows what level of corruption is taking place when you're now just a mediator, arbitrator. Oh, a ton. and you just oh sit in a God. you just sit in a conference room with other attorneys and settle cases informally. Yeah, exactly. Oh, who, that's... who knows who knows what kind of handshaking and wheeling and dealing's going on behind the Well, we know what kind of handshaking and wheeling and dealing is going on between Mr. Girardi and the people over there at the California State <gasps> Bar. Oh, you guys, we'll, so, get uh... in, we'll get into this in way, 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 way more detail. But I, as Lauren and I take so much offense to this because you you, have no idea you guys have no idea what a pain in the ass the state bar is at times to deal with and I don't want to totally bash on it because I still am a practicing attorney and licensed but it is so difficult to deal with it is such a bureaucracy it's so expensive well I can speak on the fact that I will be sitting for the bar exam for the fourth time you count them f-o-u-r each time the exam costs over eight hundred dollars that doesn't even count the fee that you have to pay to use your own computer to take it and then that that? doesn't another hundred and (laughs) fifty and then that doesn't count for the prep that you have to do the fact that you can't really work any of that I must have spent well over $25,000 failing the bar exam four times and, or three, I'm going to pass it the fourth time, but just to come to find out that all I really needed to do was buy these folks a dinner at fucking Morton's steakhouse. Okay. So here's one of the things that brought my attention to like a screaming halt was when, um, he, they were filming in, Erica and Tom's house they were filming like a tour of her mansion and all this stuff and she did the one thing that will piss me off faster than anything and it's when you walk into a pristine room and the person goes oh my god it's such a mess in here I was not expecting you oh it's like bitch this is the news of course you were expecting them I am so glad you said that because the moment those words came out of her mouth, she's like, oh, it's so messy in here. Oh, like, you know, a film crew's coming over, you know, you had 25 maids in there cleaning everything. You had Mikey probably on his hands and knees scrubbing every shoe. And you don't, you think for a second that I don't know that Erica Jane had Mikey go in there and strategically unorganize. Like, oh, just have the Chanel gold chain pouring out of the drawer. You know what I mean? Yeah, have the Birkin slightly open so that the cash can be seen from the outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But make sure we can see the matching wallet too, because they don't make those. Yeah, that that was really annoying. And something else that I found so fascinating, and I think this is a point that goes to disprove when people are like, Erga had no idea. When she was on, Heather McDonald pointed this out when she was on Watch What Happened Live in 2019, mm-hmm. a viewer called in and said, 
you know, what are your thoughts on Tom Gerard, your husband being sued? And she's like, I can't talk about it because it's a lawsuit. You're telling me somebody who is, she holds herself out to be extremely smart and extremely connected to her husband. Didn't sit down and ask her husband what was going on and what the lawsuit was a lawsuit was about. You mean to tell me that your husband was sued uh, over a hundred times over the same thing and you, Miss Erica Jane, can't let anything fucking go? Weren't like, why do people keep suing you for this? I just, I don't believe it that she didn't know what was going on. Okay, did she, did she not know this extent and the severity? Probably not. But I'm assuming she was aware of the multiple, multiple, multiple lawsuits and the rumblings that were coming from people, because I'm assuming that people were, have been talking about this for quite some time. You well, know, where it's yeah. like, the, not to compare it to it, but it's like the Me Too movement where people were coming out and saying, hey, look, I've been sexually assaulted. I've been harassed by this person, mm-hmm. you know, and like little, you know, unknown news organizations or, you know, websites are kind of picking up and talking about it, but it hasn't hit mainstream. And people were all like, oh yeah, there've always been rumblings about it. Cause you know, she has a Google alert set up with her name. Oh yes. And you know, so does he. Yeah. And so does her entire PR team. I just, I don't believe it. Cause if you go back and watch her, her first seasons, like she talks about how smart she is and how she learned from him and how she's learned from the best. And that's why she's able to articulate herself so well, you know? So can I, can I just bring something up really quick? Speaking of that first season when she's on there. So my roommate and I were rewatching Beverly Hills over the quarantine Mm -hmm. and we were rewatching the season where Erica like first made her appearance and she had that dinner party at her house where everyone was going to meet the Tom Girardi and have him over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And he got mad at who was that girl who was deaf and was a baseball player. You know who I'm talking about? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Shannon Jimenez Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Nat W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, We've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. What? <laughs> Paul McCartney's wife? No, no. On The Real Housewives. Wait, does Paul McCartney's wife, if she was Paul McCartney's ex-wife deaf or did she not have a leg? Catherine Edwards. And I and that was Aviva Drescher. And Aviva Drescher doesn't have a leg. Was she married to Paul McCartney? No. no Aviva no. Drescher? No. Paul McCartney had a wife. And I, I want to say she didn't have a leg or she might have been deaf. Right. One of the, I don't know. <laughs> Those I are don't. very different. So let's Google honestly, it. Honestly, it could have been both. Paul I, McCartney's wife. Ex, ex-wife. I ex- swear she, she was on like Dancing with the Stars, maybe ailment oh she was on dancing with the stars 
Deaf or no leg? One of the two. Uh, okay. Uh, it appears to be the leg. Are you sure she's not deaf? Well, she also doesn't have a leg. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that she doesn't have a leg. <laughs> yeah, looks like she just doesn't have a left leg. I swear she's deaf. You <laughs> she might be. I mean, it might have been the other one. I don't know. I, yeah. But she, okay. Well, but Catherine Edwards was the woman yes. I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. She was missing like hearing in an ear. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly, I'm honest. Yeah. So glad we cleared that up because I bet there's a viewer out there or listen out there that was thinking Paul McCartney's ex-wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then everyone else was just like, oh my God. <laughs> How did my mind go there before Catherine Edwards? You should have said know. housewife with a hot husband. Cause then I would have been like, oh, Catherine. Ew, I don't think he's hot. Oh, I thought he was a, so, he had a nice I mean, body. He's buff. So yeah. cute. Yeah. But anyway, she was getting, Catherine Edwards was getting into it with Erica at the dinner mm-hmm. table when it was when Erica called Lisa Vanderpump, a sniper from the side or something, or like a sneaky web or something. One of those. And Erica and Catherine were fighting. And then, and then Tom gets involved and then, and then he was saying something. I kind of want to play the clip because he's, he gets so sassy and I was just like, no way. Okay. Can you hear do this? When we're first meeting him, Gee, that could be very. What about my web? Excuse me, pardon right. me. I think I'm right. talking right now. Come on, uh, Tom. You're like Did you hear that? I forgot about that. And then er- he Erica says something, and he goes, "Erica, I'm speaking." Well, in the first season he was on, he gave me misogynistic, like right. Well, that's uh, when I rewatched that. Ev- and I watched it knowing what I know, you know, like with hindsight being literally 2020, I was watching it in those eyes and it, all of it made sense to me listening to him interact with those women like that at that dinner table. I was like, oh, for sure. He's guilty. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that she didn't know. She knew and there's no I, way she didn't know. She's a mass manipulator that learned from the best. And she held herself out to be this extremely intelligent woman. Mm-hmm. And her husband was this powerhouse. And you're, it, it's just, I, and now we're seeing this complete flip where now she's being like open and vulnerable. It's all thought out. It's all produced. She's right. producing, she's produced the show from the beginning. She's produced the storyline from the beginning. She had her strong Erica Jane. She had her expensive to be moment. And then she slowly started to shut down towards the middle of her seasons. And then I, because viewers were really frustrated watching her. Right. Cause it was like kind of boring. You weren't getting anything from her. And then she when we always, got so much. Yeah. She always acted really smug. Do you remember that episode or that one, the one reunion when she's sitting on the couch and she, they ask and she's like, I'm sorry, I have a migraine. Yeah. And then I think the producers went to her like, dude, you are two seconds away from being cut. Yeah. And then all of it up. And then all of this drama unfolded. And I think they probably gave her an ultimatum. Like you better open up and talk about it or you're done. Ship up or ship out. No. Yeah. Shape up or ship ship out. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think she's going to be back next season. Here's what I here's what I'll say, though. Every single thing that comes out of her mouth in the first like couple episodes that she's on and seasons that she's on the show, she always, like you said, talks about how I asked Tom so many questions. I learned from the best. I know how to have an argument because I learned from the top attorney in all the world. Mm. That just leads me to believe that there's absolutely no way that she didn't know. Yeah. I, I think I think she was aware that he was being sued. I, I don't think she ever questioned where her money was coming from. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I women have a very strong female intuition. And I think she, you know, started to catch on that shady shit was going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think she divorced him because there were irrecon- irreconcilable differences. I think she divorced him because it's, the only way it's the only way she could keep her money protect her assets yeah because okay like I was watching in the documentary they had the clips of like him giving her the Chagall painting Mm -hmm. it's like a million dollar painting and then a Cartier ring and all this stuff and those were huge gifts that are very valuable Mm -hmm. and so she filed for divorce and now is claiming that those are separate property gifts so that meaning he has no entitlement to it Mm -hmm. and they can't come after her assets because they would be considered her separate property and not part of that lawsuit I wonder how much money she's got in the bank right now well it's like they said on that documentary when they're saying you know, someone in some law firm right now is transcribing every single episode of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let me tell you something as the person who was the one in the law firm transcribing voicemails and video and all that you're damn right. They are. And I volunteer mm-hmm. and I want that job. Yeah. Hire me. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out on screen this season. And I, I think that the I think them dropping the documentary this week was just so spot on in terms of timing. Yeah. But see, this is the thing, like all leading up to this, I've just been hearing (laughs) Erica Jane really opens up. Erica Jane's going to tell everything and all this stuff. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't believe them. And I like, it makes me almost not excited for the rest of the season because I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, and I agree. I think Erica's very smart. She has, she's very self-aware and she knows how to play to a crowd and she knows how to be in control of her story. And so when people, Bravo sitting here saying, oh, she's being so vulnerable. She's, it's because she's saying like 10 more things than she said last season because she said nothing. Right. And, and all she's ever vulnerable about is like, yeah, you know, I grew up in New Jersey. It's no, like she, she grew up in the South. Whatever. I grew up in the South. Like it's like, okay, cool, Eric. See, that's how much she opens up. But she's it's what I'm the point I'm trying to make is that she's just it, it's not authentic. It's not genuine. She's doing it because she knows people are watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think she's stupid enough to say something on the air that could get her in trouble? She's she's controlling the story. The narrative. Right. Controlling the narrative. She- because of exactly what I just said, there is somebody in some legal office transcribing every single word of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. 
I mean, people say Lisa Rinna is an actress on this show, but I'm going to say I think Erica Jane might be a bigger actress. I want to know why. I want to know why Bravo is giving her this platform to do this in such a huge legal scandal. 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 Well, this is my question because really she's not the one that's being. I mean, she is being sued civilly, but it is because of Tom Girardi. I mean, it's very much Teresa. Because they deposited. 20, 20 million dollars into her company into its expensive and because day. she's the treasurer and on the e-board of literally every single corporation that tom had how cringeworthy is it to watch back it's expensive to be me seeing her like make love to a disco ball was so chilling knowing that that poor boy with the scars hasn't been paid in four years and the fact that she's just like rolling in money and like shoving it in her mouth. And then she has the audacity to like stuff hundred dollar bills into her ponytail. And pat the puss. Yeah. She patted the puss. Did you see that Instagram post she posted? I think this week or last week about being the scapegoat of the season. Oh, see, I have no respect for her. I, uh, I yes, I saw that. That's disgusting. You guys, Erica Jane is a monster. Lest we not forget the drama that took place during quarantine when she accidentally released Tom Girardi's text messages with a court of appeals judge. Okay, accidentally in a very, very put together collage. Yeah, she was like, I collage to put that I together. I made this collage of screenshots over the years, and then I accidentally posted it on Instagram right after then, I filed for divorce. And left it up for enough time for enough people to see it and then deleted it. Um, Wow, I'll never forget that. Like, seeing that judge's butt <laughs> face her- up was so funny. When she was in, like, Citizens of Humanity jeans. Yes, and then she was just, like, laying down, like doing number 79 the spread eagle (laughs) it was so funny (laughs) i'm just telling everybody though beware of what's to come and what comes out of erica jane's Mm. mouth because it is just another paragraph in her story it's just another line in a declaration yeah it's it's all thought out because mm-hmm. she's dropping that text bomb on Instagram to make it look like he's a cheater, McCheaterson, which he probably was, to be fair. Yeah. But but OK, so let him get it with her. We all know that you're getting it from other people. There's no mm-hmm. way Erica Jane was writing that man's disco stick. There's no way there's I don't believe it for a second. I don't like more like a tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> a seaweed just a little floppy boy I just I don't it's all you have to look at the progression of events and look at it in in somewhat of a timeline and it will all make sense to you that she is a manipulative monster yeah yeah I agree and you Um, know what can we talk about the most important part of this documentary mm -hmm. I know we've kind of touched on it but the victims Oh, I know. It's hard to talk about, though, because they it makes me so sad, but it, they are the most important part, and we do need to talk about it. Oh, didn't you? I just loved Joe and his family. 
I that felt- was so brave to let the camera zoom in on his body like that. I, I couldn't let uh, someone do that to like my stretch marks. I mean, yeah. my God, I thought it was so powerful. And I thought it was so wonderful that he put his story out there for people oh. and viewers to understand the weight the- and severity. Oh my gosh. He lost his girlfriend. The house exploded. The entire neighborhood the trauma. was basically gone. Oh, oh. yeah. Had how many, over half of his body was burned, skin grafts. He's still suffering. Still going through it. And like he said, I'm going to be in surgeries for the rest of my life. And fucking Tom, and what? And it's expensive to be Erica fucking Jane. And that's what pisses me off. I was sitting here. I was like, I bet Joe was sitting on his couch in his house thinking about how he was going to afford his next surgery while mm-hmm. Erica Jane was in Mykonos, Greece, performing expensive to me, be me with Kyle Richards. I would literally commit another crime or just any crime. I would commit a crime if I found out that I hadn't been paid my settlement agreement, but my attorney's wife had someone on their payroll named Mikey who was Ugh. just doing stuff. Ugh. I know like, no, 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 honey. I need to get a skin graft. I, it I feels don't know. like priority. I He's don't a know. piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know how she's going to recover from this because I listened to a few podcasts and, you know, read comments and read some articles about people's reviews on a hustler versus or housewife and a hustler. Mm-hmm. And people are appalled 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 yeah it is appalling that's why but people didn't understand right what tom girardi did they didn't understand who he represented well and this is just this is this is the opening statement if you will like we have not even the mass amounts of information that we're gonna get you know, regarding the transfer of the money and Mm -hmm. the declarations that we're going to get and all kinds of new information that's going to come out. You know, we just, we don't know. Plus they're still having a divorce. Plus they're, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. The point that I made was opposite. Didn't. You did something wrong. I lost my train of thought. And so that's not going to make sense with what What, I. Would you like to issue a correction? I'm trying to think of now what I was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I talk too much weed, you guys. <laughs> oh, I think what I was trying to say is that Erica Jane's never going to recover from this. And the fact oh, that, yeah. like, how do you watch that? Or, or how are you surrounded by people that you know have watched that documentary? And like, how can you go shopping now? How can you get into your Ferrari? How can you get glam done knowing that Joe's out there, the Re- Rio Gomez family's out there? trying to get by and trying to figure out how to pay for his next surgery. Like how do you go on with life? And this is just the three people we know about. They had over 900 cases going at one time. The depths of this fraud and disgustingness is so deep. These are three people out of thousands. I want to know who's going to start the GoFundMe. How are we going to get all these victims paid well i think it's on the website okay Um, i want to look because i want to contribute because i want to contribute too i know i was thinking like do they need a paralegal i can help 
Do you think that Erica Jane's going to be on the reunion? Mm. Yes. Here's the bummer. I think Erica Jane is going to capitalize on this. And that really makes me feel skeevy because I think I can't even look. Honestly, she deserves that bad eyebrow makeup look that she's got going in that red suit confessional mm. for she deserves that yeah. at the least it's just so tough because she just held herself out to be this like ultra glamorous very stunning, ethical. really and really reinvented confessional looks like she really God, is the but one it was kind of annoying and it was getting really out of hand like I'm sorry, Dorit, did you see how many belts Dorit was wearing all over her outfit the other day? Like, it was ridiculous. More than the bobby pins that were in her hair. Oh, my God. And like, God, I love you, Dorit. Good job. Thank you for serving these looks. But you're not going to have what you're going to forget what it's like to just like not wear a bra and wear a ratty jammy. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would be bummed out by that. Um, the other thing I just wanted to touch on really quickly Mm -hmm. is the fact that Joe was saying that whenever Mr. Girardi would like text him or call him, it was not uncommon for him to say things like you're bitching guy, baby. Oh my God. I loved that. It was so funny to me. Oh, I, I vomited in my mouth. And the, the reason why I loved it is because it just fits his douchebaggery fraudster. Like, hey, babe. Hey, sugar. Yeah. Hey, you know, sugar. Like, that's like texting. Hey, right in the kiss up. You know? <laughs> Remember when that guy, that attorney called me sugar in court? Oh, my God. Men. <laughs> oh, shit. My computer is going to die. Oh, no. Um, okay. We can wrap it up. Okay. So let's talk about what really quickly. I'm going to turn down my brightness. Tell the people what we have to offer them in the coming up weeks. Okay, you guys. So we wanted to just do the Housewife and the Hustler as kind of an introduction into the next couple of weeks of Erica Jane content. We're going to be breaking down each allegation, each legal, what would you say? Conundrum. Conundrum that they're facing. So we're going to start off next week with Tom Girardi. We're going to look at the state bar complaints. Um, kind of what that looks like, as well as his conservatorship, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of questions around, you know, what is a conservator? Um, how and is how he able, all, how, like, how is he even able, his defenses? Yeah. And how's he even be, being, how can he be conserved? Um, so we're going to go over that, then we're going to go over kind of the fraud claims that they're facing, the, the cases that they're, uh, they have open right now. And then we're also going to look into some of the cases involving the victims, like the San Bruno explosion, the malpractice case. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So stay tuned. Cause I think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be awesome because I think we're going to find little nuggets of gold throughout our discovery process. Oh yeah. I, me too. I mean, even just like the fact that we get to have all of this coming out on the screen and in the news at the same time, there's going to be a lot of comparing and contrasting going on. And I want to see how her narrative and her, you know, whatever, you know, legal defenses work out. And, um, the other thing is really quickly before I go, what was the other thing that I wanted to see from her? Oh, 
one thing I wanted to talk about really quickly, like for one second is Mm -hmm. the fact that today her attorneys filed a motion to be relieved as counsel from her civil case. Yeah. Cause there's been a like broken down communication. There's a lack of trust, lack of communication between the parties. He can't effectively communicate with her. And so they separate. Um, that interests me. I don't know if it's a coincidence. People substitute or sub out all of the time. Yeah. But to not to refuse to sign the sub is so ridiculous that your attorney has to file a motion to be like, Hey judge, we can't get a hold of this woman. Is she dead or not? You know, yeah. I mean, we've only done that quite a few, only a few times. Speaking of death, do you think Tom Girardi is going to die before he is? No. Brought in front of a jury. No, because rotten people usually don't die naturally because Epstein killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think because he's just a mean old man, he's going to be a pickled mean old man and he's not really demented he's clearly able to work into his old age like he's gonna be fine he's such a fucking liar Camille I don't I think he's gonna be fine do you I don't know I don't know well it'll be interesting remember remember like um do you remember the Penn State saga and drama with the child child abuse Mm -mm. no well, the point I'm trying to make is the, the <laughs> coach was this like world renowned coach. People are obsessed with them. Joe Paterno, I think is. Oh, was. uh-huh. I'm recalling. Remember and the child abuse allegations came out and they, everybody was getting charged. And then he like just randomly dropped dead. That's and what the, I'm saying. Cause he probably. But, no, he died from, I think natural causes or some, some type of heart attack or something, but I'm just, you know, when you get into your old age and shit like this happens, you can just. Even as healthy, you'd be super healthy and something crazy could happen. Just saying, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he dies before or there's a. I hope he's, I hope he stays alive because I want to see yeah. the rest of this, you know, I just like, I don't feel- deprive me of that. You mean nasty old man. I loved Erica Jane, but wow, wow, wee, wow. I'm flipping on her. She's a monster. And I honestly can't wait to watch the demise and the fall of Erica Jane. Me too. And I can't wait to have a microphone in front of my mouth and talk about it. So we will hear from, well, you'll hear from us next week and can't wait to get into it. And the the pod is going to drop on Tuesday. No, Monday, I think. Monday. 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 But if it is Tuesday, like that's also fine. (sighs) Such a hard day today. (sighs) I know. Okay. Well, it was nice getting this all off my chest um (laughs) see you guys next week bye bye